I'm a real supersonic, pass the ball like magic. Sean Kim or Larry Bird, the old school Mavericks. I got basketball cards, gonna sing a little more. I got basketball cards, now enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Godfather Nate Milton. And right now, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, show me your basketball cards. In the spirit of the great names of the past, like Dikembe Mutombo, and not Michael Jordan, but Baby Jordan, Harold Miner, Drazen, Arvidas, J.R. Ryder bringing that East Bay funk. I bring to you the man who met World Be Free and Danny Ferry, your host and my brother, Zaire, also known as Bandana Z. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of My Basketball Cards. We are back once again talking about the 1980-81 top series and the season that was and the players that existed within that season. Yo, uh, this is pre-boom NBA, like before the Larry Bird, Magic Johnson era really, really took hold and captivated the NBA uh, before the uh, Michael Jordan era took the NBA to an even higher level. You have an era of basketball, which you know I kind of call the dark ages of the NBA, when people just don't really talk about these players uh, because they played too early. Uh, they played before the the games were on TV all the time, and before the internet, and before you know we had basketball everywhere, and it was easily accessible. Um, this is, you know, a time period where you talk about, you know, the NBA finals are on tape delay and, you know, baseball and football and boxing are like top sports in America and basketball is kind of in the background, at least the NBA is. Um, but there were players who, who did their thing and who kept the league afloat until it could get to a higher, um, tier. And so we, we want to talk about some of those players through this series and um, through this season. So, um, you know, if you can look at the 80-81 cards, if you don't know already, if you see like the cover of the episode, you'll see three players on one card. Each card really is, is a mini card. They're detachable. Um, so in this card set, you have uh, Walter Davis, Bill Cartwright, and Bob Gross. And yes, many of you may remember Bill Cartwright from the years that he played with the Bulls and Michael Jordan, um, if you're old enough. Uh, Walter Davis is another player you may remember. He had a nice long NBA career, but he played in like markets that weren't super big. So chances are you may have never seen him play in the NBA. <laughs> um, also... Bob Gross is on this card, and Bob Gross is the player we're going to start off talking about because we really want to start off with the player that you know, uh, that's, that you're least likely to know. I didn't know who Bob Gross was prior to seeing this card, but it's real cool to learn about players like Bob Gross. Bob Gross was a six foot six small forward, right-handed. Uh, he was drafted in the second round with the seventh pick of the second round by the Portland Trailblazers. In 1975, um, that's the draft that David Thompson went number one. Another 
a great player. And David Thompson became a Hall of Famer. Another great player in that draft was World Be Free. And World Be Free was drafted in the second round along with Bob Gross. Um, and those two would meet up in the 1977 NBA Finals. When you start talking about Bob Gross's career, 75-76 was his rookie year, and he averaged just 6 points, 8 points per game, 4 rebounds, 2.1 assists. His second year, his scoring uh, numbers went up to 11.4 points per game. Uh, he shot 52% from the field, 85% from the free throw line, and uh, averaged 4.8 rebounds, three assists per game. That year, his second year in the NBA, he helped the Portland Trailblazers win the NBA Finals over the Philadelphia 76ers. And in that series, Bob Gross played the best basketball of his life. Um, he averaged in the NBA Finals 17.3 points, 5.7 rebounds, and 3.5 and assists in six games. And he shot 66% from the field. He had a great playoffs anyway. Um, in the first round against Chicago, Portland beat Chicago two games to one. He averaged 16.7 points in that series. 13.5 points in, in the series against Denver where they won four games to two. And then they swept the Lakers. And he only averaged 8.3 points per game in that series. But yeah, when Philly needed him, he showed up and... 17.3 points per game isn't anything to sneeze at. Um, he was right behind Bill Walton and, and um, Mo Lucas, Maurice Lucas, who Maurice Lucas averaged about 19 a game. Bill Walton averaged about 18. So he had very balanced scoring attack. Um, you look at game six, the, the, the game where they won the championship. Uh, the Blazers only won that game by two points. Philadelphia was coming back strong. They outscored Portland 25 to 18 in the second or in the fourth quarter. And so um, Portland held on, uh, on at home to win that game. Dr. J had 40 points, shot 17 of 29 from the field. George McGinnis, another uh, great player in Philadelphia, scored 28. Um, and when you look at Portland, they were led in scoring by Bob Gross. Bob Gross put up 24 points in the game that allowed Portland to win its only championship. He led the way in scoring in that game. Bill Walton had 20 points, 23 rebounds, 7 assists, and 8 blocks. This dude almost had a quadruple double. That's how great Bill Walton was. Lionel Hollins, another uh, name that you may know, uh, 20 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. Mo Lucas, who really, really played well during the uh, postseason and the NBA Finals, struggled in that game. He only went 3 for 12 and, and had 15 points, but he did get 10 rebounds and 5 assists. So, yeah, uh, Bob Gross, you know, if you talk about um, a legend in Portland, man, he should be known forever for being a leading scorer to the one time that the Blazers won the championship. And that's about it for him. I mean, the next season, he did really well. Um, had his best um, his best season as a pro, and he averaged 12.7 points per game, and that would be the final year at 24 years old that he would average over double figures. 
Um, his numbers went down next year. He had, uh, must have had an injury issue because he only played 53 of 82 games. He shot 47% from the field, scored 9.7 points per game. Um, and then from there, it's just his numbers went down every year. 8.7 after that, 7.8 after that, 7.2 in his final year. He, he played with Portland every year except for his last year. He played with the San Diego Clippers. Uh, where in 82-83, he averaged 3.1 points per game. And I believe, let me make sure I'm right about this. Um, he, yeah, he signed with a free agent with the Clippers. I was about to think that he was maybe traded there um, with Bill Walton. If Bill Walton was traded at all, I'm up here possibly making things up. But yeah, that's the career for Bob Gross. He um, had his moment, you know, in the NBA Finals on the biggest stage. Um, he went to the playoffs with Portland two other times and only averaged um, four points a game in the 1980 playoffs in the first round and nine points per game in the 1981 playoffs in the first round where the team was put out both times in the first round. Um Career averages, 513 games, average 8.9 points per game. And that's Bob Gross. So if anybody ever brings up Bob Gross, just say, hey, that's the dude that led Portland in scoring when they won their championship in 1977. <laughs> um, another player on this card is Walter Davis. Walter Davis is a um, NBA player who became a six-time All-Star. He uh, was a 1977-78 All-Rookie Team member and a Rookie of the Year and a two-time All-NBA performer. He was drafted in 1977 with the fifth pick overall by the Phoenix Suns. 1977 draft picks that were selected before him. Kent Benson out of Indiana who had an 11-year career averaging just 9.1 points per game, 5.7 rebounds. Otis Birdsong went number two uh, for Kansas City Kings. He came out of Houston. He played 12 years in the NBA, averaged 18 points per game. Um, Marcus Johnson, who we talked about in the previous episode, came out of UCLA, played for Milwaukee. He averaged 20 points per game his career in 11 years and 691 games. Washington Bullets selected Greg Ballard out of Oregon. He averaged 12.4 points per game uh, in 11 years. And Walter Davis played 15 years in the NBA and averaged 18.9 points per game. This class had some players who had some lengthy careers. Uh, another player, the player that played the most out of this class uh, was James Edwards, who played 19 years in the NBA, winning championships with, the, with Detroit and Chicago. Tree Rollins is another player who played 18 years. Um, with um, He was drafted out by Atlanta, and he played 18 years, really known as just a tough guy. Didn't really score a lot, but was a rebounder and tough guy to deal with in the post defensively. So going back to Walter Davis, um, he's a UNC product and so many great players have come out of UNC when you're talking about, of course, Michael Jordan and um, 
you know, Vince Carter and Rasheed Wallace. I mean, you can just go on and on with great players that have come out of North Carolina. Um, he, once again, was the rookie of the year. His greatest scoring totals came that year when he played for Phoenix. At 23 years old, he averaged 24.2 points per game, 6 rebounds, and 3.4 assists. Shot 52% from the field. It was a pretty good rookie season. I mean, you know, 24 points a game. I mean, you can't ask for much more from a rookie. Um, and let's see, his first NBA game, he scored 20 points in a win against Golden State. They won by 17. And um, his best game as a rookie was a 40-point performance against Boston. And they won that game by 10 points. Um, he had 40 points and 11 rebounds. Uh, Phoenix that year, his rookie year, actually went 49-33. and And he lost in the first round of the playoffs to the Milwaukee Bucks. And the Bucks were in the Western Conference Finals as well. Uh, we talked about the Bulls being in the Western Conference Finals. During that time period, too, uh, there were less teams in the NBA. So, yeah, teams all over the place. <laughs> that they wouldn't, they're not anywhere in those places anymore. Um, so, yeah, after his rookie season, he still had a productive career. He never averaged as many points. But overall for his career, he averaged 18.9 points per game. When we go into uh, his first four seasons, he was an all-star. Um, also became an all-star in 83, 84, and in 86 and 87. All of those years, uh, from 77, 78 season to the 87, 88 season, he played with Phoenix. And then finally, um, his last three seasons, uh, he went from Denver to Portland, back to Denver to finish his career. In 8081, he was in the midst of his all-star run, making his fourth all-star team. That year, he averaged 18 points per game for Phoenix. Um, that was the first year, I think, where he didn't average 20. And his best game in the 8081 season was a 30-point output against the Washington Bullets, where he his team won by six. This was on uh, February 8, 1981. He shot 16 of 35 with five assists, five rebounds. Walter Davis, let's see who he went up against that day. Going up against the Bullets, the Bullets were struggling that season, 27 and 31. The Suns were 44 and 16 at that point. This is Wes Unsell, who is a Hall of Famer uh, for the Bullets. This is his last season, and he played in that game. He had 17 rebounds and 8 points. How about that for a grizzled veteran? Um, the Bullets were led in scoring by Kevin Gravy. Never heard of him. But that day, he had 36 points. Uh, made 14 of 24 shots. Let's see, Kevin Grevy. Yeah, he actually was a productive ball player for a stretch. Um, in 80-81, he averaged 17.2 points per game, which was his career high. Um, so, yeah, there's Kevin Grevy. Also on that team for the Bullets, Greg Ballard had 18 points, and Elvin Hayes had 12 points and 10 rebounds. An old-timer, Elvin Hayes right there. Um but for Phoenix in the win, Walter Davis led the way with 32. Dennis Johnson, a Hall of Famer, uh, who you may remember with the Celtics, um, but started his career 
in Seattle and moved on to Phoenix uh, this year with the Suns. He scored 27 points in this game. Truck Robinson, one of the great names in NBA history, 16 points, 18 rebounds, and two rejections. Alvin Adams, a player that we talked about in a previous episode, scored 17 points as well. He was a longtime Phoenix Sun. And so that those were your top scorers from that game right there. Uh, Walt Davis had two other uh, games with more than 30 points. He scored 31 against the Spurs in a three-point win. That was on uh, November 12th, so that was before the Bullets game. And then another game in January 29th against Cleveland where he scored 31 in a four-point loss. Um, This season, Phoenix was pretty good in 80-81. They went 57-25, and 25, but they lost in the Western Conference semifinals to the Kansas City Kings uh, in a seven-game series. And the Kings that year went 40-42, and 42, and they lost to the Houston Rockets, who were 40-42. and 42. <laughs> So you had two teams in the Western Conference Finals that had losing records, um, which people would probably jump off a bridge today if that happened. But, yeah, that actually um, happened back in in that season. Um, During the playoffs, Walter Davis, um, his team just didn't win. So they lost two games to one. Uh, Walt Davis played and averaged. Actually, you know what? I'm I'm on the wrong part. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, (laughs) For some reason, I clicked Portland Trailblazers. All right, so we're talking about the Kansas City Kings, and Kansas City Kings beat the Phoenix Suns. Maybe it's the P that got me. Uh, four games to three in that series, and in that series, um, Walt Davis averaged just 16 points per game. Uh, he shot 48% from the field. Dennis Johnson led the Suns with an average of 19.6 points per game. Truck Robinson averaged a double-double, 10.6 points, 10.7 rebounds. But, yeah, they were just outdone by Reggie King of the Kansas City Kings, uh, as well as um, they had a guy named Scott Whitman, uh, who also played well that series. Ernie Grunfeld is a player that you may have heard of, (laughs) also did his thing. And they put out the heavily favored Phoenix Suns in a seven-game series. So throughout the rest, uh, throughout the rest of his career, Walter Davis just really um, just was a consistent scorer. Um, really scored a lot of points. Um, let me see if I can get his total: nineteen thousand five hundred twenty-one points he scored. He scored over thirteen points per game every season except for his last two seasons. Uh, one in, well, actually, check that. Except for his last season. Um, his last season, he averaged 9.9 points per game with Denver. Um, but, yeah, every other season, he averaged double digits. In many of those years, he averaged 20 points per game. Uh, made it to the playoffs a bunch of times. He uh, was in. He never made it to an NBA Finals, but his teams made it to the Western Conference Finals three times in his career. Uh, once in 1979, where they lost to the eventual champion Seattle Supersonics. In that series, he averaged 22 points per game in a seven-game uh, series. And 
made, and he was 24 then. At 29 years old in 84, the Suns made it back to the Western Conference Finals, but they lost to the Lakers four games to two. And in that series, he averaged 23.8 points per game, so he did pretty good against Magic and the guys. And then in his um, second to last year, 1991, he was with the Portland Trailblazers, and he averaged 5.3 points per game in their Western Conference Finals loss to the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, in his All-Star appearances, let's see, he made it to the All-Star game six times, and it was pretty average at the All-Star game. He didn't really let loose. Uh, 10 points his rookie or his first year, 77, 78, when he made it. I think he was a rookie then. Um, and then after that, eight points the next year. In 79, 80, 12 points. 80, 81, 12 points. 83, 84, 10 points. And then 86, 87, he scored seven points. In his final All-Star appearance, um, let's see. Overall, the guy was... Like I said, he was a model of consistency when it came to scoring. And his teams were usually successful in the playoffs. And so, you know, it's a pretty good good career um, without having made it to the finals and winning a championship. He saw a lot of success, um, won a lot of individual accolades, and his teams made a few deep playoff runs. Um, actually, he, he is the uncle of Hubert Davis. That's something I did not know. And Hubert Davis um, is a North Carolina product, too. They both went to University of North Carolina. Now on to the one and only Bill Cartwright. Now, we talk about Bill Cartwright. That shot, if you've ever seen Bill Cartwright shoot, it'll make you think, how did this man make it to the NBA with a shot like that? But the beautiful part of it is that it shows you it doesn't matter how you shoot is how it goes in. <laughs> like if it goes in, that's all that matters. And Bill Cartwright had one of the most um, hard to watch shots, <laughs> but he made a lot of buckets. And the Bill Cartwright that most people know um, is like a role player, old journeyman for the Bulls. But Bill Cartwright, once upon a time, was an NBA All Star. A lot of people don't know about this. But it's true. So let's start and talk about him. Um, he was drafted in 1979 by the New York Knicks. And we talked about it in a previous episode, how he got to the Knicks, how the Knicks acquired that draft pick. And so without doing a lot of math, we're going to talk about that real quick. Okay, so here's what happened. All right. In 1979, February 12th, 1979, the Boston Celtics traded a future first-round draft pick, um, which became Bill Cartwright, uh, with Tom Barker, a 1979 first-round draft pick with Larry Dimmick, and a 1979 first-round draft pick with Sly Williams to the New York Knicks for Bob McAdoo. All right? So, the Celtics got Bob McAdoo, and the Knicks got three First round draft picks along with Tom Barker. That's that. One of those draft picks became Bill Cartwright. So it'll be interesting to see Bill Cartwright as a Boston Celtic. Um, however, they had um, 
Now they hadn't had Robert Parrish yet, so if they'd have got Bill Curry, they probably would have never gotten Robert Parrish. Um, and so the Knicks draft with the third pick, Bill Cartwright. And his first year in the NBA, Bill Cartwright becomes an all-star. And a lot of people may not remember this. Um, he was made the NBA all-rookie team. And he, in his uh, draft, let's look real quick, 1979 NBA draft, Bill Cartwright was selected behind Magic Johnson, who was Rookie of the Year, I think. Or maybe it was Larry Bird that was Rookie of the Year. I can't remember. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Magic Johnson, because Larry Bird was drafted in 78, but his rookie season was 79. Uh, but Magic Johnson um, was the number one draft pick. He averaged 19 and a half points per game for his career, 11.2 assists, 7.2 rebounds, arguably the best player ever played a game. Uh, David Greenwood was selected number two. He was a, a solid basketball player out of UCLA. He played 12 years, averaged 10.2 points per game. Bill Cartwright was selected number three, and he averaged 13.2 points per game. Here's the crazy thing is that when you look at Bill Cartwright and Magic Johnson at the time where they played, it always seemed like Bill Cartwright was so much older than Magic Johnson, and he wasn't. They both played... Um, they came out the same year, you know, he wasn't way older than Magic Johnson at all. But if you're like watching basketball in 89, it just seemed like Bill Carter was so old and it seemed like Magic was just, you know, cool and hip. So <laughs> that's the funny thing about that. Um, other players who were drafted in this draft, Vinny, the microwave Johnson was selected uh, number seven by the Seattle Supersonics in the 79 draft. Uh, another player, Sidney Moncrief, was drafted number um, five, and he uh, averaged 15.6 points per game and was an important part of Milwaukee's uh, strong run in the 1980s. Uh, Bill Lane Beer was a player who was drafted number... Uh, he was drafted like 65th, so he was way down the, the charts, but he had a long career as well. Um, and so, yeah, this draft had talent, but of course, Magic Johnson is the guy <laughs> that was drafted in 79 that everybody knows. So back to Bill Cartwright. Bill Cartwright, rookie season, averaged 21 points per game, 8.9 rebounds, 1.2 blocks. He is the center of the New York Knicks and looks like, hey, this is going to be the guy. Um, the Knicks only went 39 and 43 his first year. His second year, they improved to 50 and 32. All right. And they lost in the first round to the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Two games to nothing. And this is before Jordan is there, by the way. But um, the Knicks improved drastically. Bill Cartwright, once again, is the leading scorer. Michael Ray Richardson is the point guard. Um, running the show, he's doing his thing. You also had Campy Russell on the team, averaging 16.4 points per game, and another guy named Ray Williams, averaging 19.7. So the Knicks look like they're on their way up, right? Next year, Knicks drop right back down, 33 and 49. <laughs> Bill Cartwright, um, all of a sudden, uh, his numbers ain't good no more. Uh, they're not dynamic. Um, they're just okay. Um, decent. Right, fourteen point four points per game. That's a what seven point drop. Um, and he played seventy two games that year. Um, Michael Ray Richardson became the leading scorer of the squad. 
Um, <laughs> after his first two seasons when he averaged 20 points per game or more, he never did that again. Um, he did, uh, you know, get closer in 83-84 when he averaged 17 points per game. Uh, then he ended up getting injured in the 84-85 season. And that's the season before Patrick Ewing is drafted by the Knicks. So in, in 83-84, the Knicks go to the playoffs. Um, they play against, uh, they, they have Bernard King on the team. And they beat the Pistons in five. And then they lose in the second round to the Celtics in seven. And that team is a team that uh, New York fans of that time loved, right? And that's Bill Cartwright's team, or he, he's one of the guys on that team. But the next year, he's hurt. He misses the entire season. And the Knicks go 24 and 58, right? Because Bill Cartwright's gone. Um, Bernard King only plays 55 games that year. He averaged 32.9 points per game and played 55 games. A lot of injury problems with their top players. So they lose. Bill Cartwright returns in um, 85-86. But Patrick Ewing, this is his team now. He's the rookie. He's the guy that is going to take the franchise to the next level. But Bill Cartwright only plays two games that year, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) But the Knicks still struggled. Um, Bill Cartwright, I think his last year with the Knicks, 86-87... He, yeah, he shows up, plays his last season with the Knicks, played 58 games, averaged 17 and a half points per game. You got Bill Cartwright, you got Patrick Ewing alongside each other. Even Bernard King came back from an injury and played six games. Um, but the Knicks struggled again, 24 and 58. Um, so the Bill Cartwright time clock is ticking in New York. And so his final season with the Knicks is 87-88. And in that season, he averaged 11.1 points per game. Um, Clearly the backup for Patrick Ewing. Um, Let's see what they did. 87-88. Knicks went 38-44. And and they did make the playoffs. Um, So that's his final year with the Knicks. Um, That's a team where you got the young guys. Gerald Wilkins, Mark Jackson on the team. And then you got Patrick Ewing, um, a young Johnny Newman as well. But yeah, this is it for Bill Cartwright's time in New York. So um, he eventually gets traded to the Bulls. He goes to the Bulls for Charles Oakley. And that's how Charles Oakley became a Nick. (laughs) And uh, Bill Cartwright became a Bull. And so it goes the Knicks trade an 88 first round draft pick, which actually became Will Purdue, and an 88 third round draft pick, which became Derek Lewis, who I don't know. And they sent him to the Bulls for Charles Oakley, a 1988 first round draft pick, which became Rod Strickland, and a 1988 third round draft pick, which was Phil Stinney, who I guess did not play in the NBA at all, but was selected. And... That's how he goes to the Chicago Bulls. And he goes on to the Bulls and wins three NBA championships in 91, 92, and 93 as the starting center, but with a less um, a lesser role when it comes to offense. Um, so with the Knicks in eight seasons, um, 
Bill Carre averaged 16.8 points per game with the Bulls. In six seasons, he averaged 9.2 points per game. They did not need him to score. Uh, they just needed him to just be a presence in the paint and be a leader on the team. And he did that. Um, his 80-81 season, let's go and look at that real quick. With the Knicks, once again, averaged 20 points per game that year. And uh, his best game in 80-81, Bill Carright had a game where he put up 33 points in a win against the San Diego Clippers. He had 12, uh, shot 12 for 19 from the field. Let's see who he went up against that night. Um, San Diego at the time was struggling at 23 and 31. The Knicks were 32 and 22. And the top scorer for the Clippers, Freeman Williams, 21 points off the bench. Um, for the Knicks, Top scorer, Bill Cartwright, 33 points, shot 9 from 9 from the free throw line, uh, made 12 of his 19 shots. And the number two scorer, Michael Ray Richardson, with 20 points, 6 assists. So, that's his best game offensively in 80-81. Bill Cartwright went on to play forever. <laughs> he finished his career in 94-95. He was 37 years old. Um... 15 years in the NBA. Um, final year with the Seattle Supersonics in 94-95. He played 29 games and averaged 2.4 points per game with the Sonics. Um, just a, a player who, you know, started off hot. Started off, you know, playing great basketball and looked like he was going to be one of the top centers in the 1980s. And, you know, he did make his mark in the NBA. He did hold his own. He did have a long career. He was able to come back from uh, some tough injuries during the mid-80s and be a top contributor on one of the most popular, or actually, yeah, one of the most popular teams of all time, the, the early 90s Chicago Bulls. If you played with those guys, you got a lot of TV exposure. So Bill Cartwright was actually able to survive the dark ages of the NBA. And while he wasn't um, in his prime during the NBA boom, which, I mean, age-wise, he should have been. You know, he was only like 28 years old in 85, 86. So throughout the... Um, Late mid 80s to early 90s, he was in his late 20s, early 30s. So he was in his prime when you talk about age, but his body just wasn't the same as it was before the foot injury. And, you know, he got to a good situation in Chicago where he just once again needed to be a veteran leader and um, do the necessary things that a big man needed to do um, in the, um, you know, the, the physical late 80s, early 90s of the NBA. So that's that with Bill Cartwright. Let's see if Bill Cartwright won any awards, uh, individual awards. Um, once again, he was an all-star guy. Uh, never got player of the week. 
<laughs> unfortunately. But in college, he was a second-team All-American in 1976-77 and a first-team All-American in 1978-79. His final year in college was nice. He averaged 24.5 points and 15.7 rebounds per game. He went to San Francisco, and San Francisco is definitely a school that has churned out some NBA talent. A lot of times we don't think about San Francisco, but uh, when you look at like they've had 25 players who have played in either the NBA or the ABA out of San Francisco. And the number one guy that everybody knows is Bill Russell. He played at San Francisco and he is the greatest NBA product to ever come out of that program. Other players um, who have succeeded, Casey Jones of the Boston Celtics as well, had a nice lengthy career helping the Celtics win championships and also becoming an NBA coach that won championships. Uh, David Lee is a player of recent memory that you may know um, who... Actually, no, that's a different David Lee. This is a the, the other David Lee. So that's not the David Lee that played with the Knicks that people might remember from a few years ago. Uh, this is a different David Lee, so X that out. Um, <laughs> um, Quentin Daly was a player who came out of San Francisco. Very talented player, but had uh, trouble with substance abuse, but ended up turning his life around before he passed away uh, a few years back. Um, and um, Phil Smith was another player out of San Francisco that you may know, but uh, he played in the 70s as well. So, yeah, um, San Francisco definitely has a successful basketball tradition and a productive basketball tradition that is kind of underrated uh, because over the last 20 years, it hasn't been like dominant like it once was. But yeah, they've done their thing. So that's that on Bill Cartwright. Once again, we talked about Bob Gross, Walter Davis, Bill Cartwright, nice to review and talk about the times that these guys had before the NBA boom. Um, Bill Cartwright, an all-star once upon a time. Uh, so, yeah, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to My Basketball Cards. We will be back soon. Stay tuned.